Hi, my name is Sydney, and happy 2023. It's a little loud. Hi, my name Hi, is, my my name is Whoa. Sydney. Whoa. <laughs> That's the energy I'm putting forth. Okay. I love you yeah. so much. My ears are only going to decline at this rate. But I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's been a long time. <laughs> Hi. I mean, I sort of said it, and then she screamed over me. My name is Maya. And yeah, welcome to 2023. Season three. That's so weird. I'm canonically That's correct. That's so fucking... I know. Because I, I, I've been applying for internships yeah. over the past uh, couple of weeks um, and will continue to apply for internships. But I was writing in my cover letter. And I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I'm I'm the sound editor on this <gasps> podcast that I've been doing wow. for two years. Literally, and I was for like, two years. Whoa, that's so weird that's to think really about. That's really long. Like, I know. You, at this point, it's like, this is like... It's like more than a hobby. It's more than a hobby at this point. I put in so much fucking You work. put in a lot of work. For me, it's still just kind of like a tee fun thing. But right. like, I also you have... a lot with editing, I'll say. I also have like a thousand other things yeah. going on in my day-to-day <laughs> life where it's like, oh, okay. Whoops. But it's enough of like a brag that you're like... Yeah, this I'm, is no yeah, longer like like a, I'm the editor on a podcast. Yeah, and I'm also a co-host. Yeah, like weird, weird. But yeah, 2023 <laughs> season three, we're starting it big and bold. Mm-hmm. And I read a hundred thousand word. I, li- I we were talking about this, but I don't think I read a fan fiction all last year that was like over like sixty, seventy thousand words. And I remember when I was like, okay, like what's my next year looking like? And I'm like, why have I punished myself like this, girl? <laughs> my. my- my first solo episode, <laughs> I read over 300,000 words in one day and recounted them back to you. And the, you the, all last year was you making up for just that. Literally. Because I think I, I think there were a handful of fics that I read the first year. Yeah, that, that were, were really that long. That were long. Yeah. And it, so, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to say that last year was me, like, balancing out where I, like, right. read smaller fics yeah. or, like, talked about things yeah. instead. And this I, year is like, okay, I really... This year, I'm going to find my balance. Yeah. I probably won't just because like there's a lot of things that I'm trying to keep on schedule with like stuff coming out and everything that I'm like well I have to like I have to do this Mm. but like yeah I'll still have like my fun history lesson and my fun like drama stuff which are a lot less work on my part like physically because like I went so I went back to work and like I had the worst headache of my entire life after just staring at a screen for so long Mm -hmm. because I was just like I had done nothing for a good like week where I was just like I'm gonna like play some video games and go Mm -hmm. to some movies and just live life and then I'm just like oh (laughs) staring at a computer hurts brain right yeah so but since it's the new year we always have our fun little AO3 ship stats oh yippee I forgot about these yeah every single year these are put together um so we have our top 10 ships of 2022 okay um so we're starting off I'm gonna go number 10 okay number 10 Steve Harrington slash Eddie Munson. I figured that was on the they list. They are new to the list. Yes. Um, they came in at 6,597 fics of 2022. Cool. Number nine is Castiel and Dean Winchester. Whoa. They dropped seven points. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Drastic. Although, they're still number one overall. Oh, well, yeah. By a lot. By a By a by significant a, portion. Yeah. That's a big margin. Yeah. So, they came in at 6,632 fics. Um, then we have Clay slash Dream. So Clay Dream slash George is not found for the Dream SMP. They also dropped seven points. So last year they were at number one. Right. And now they're sitting at number eight. Okay. With uh, 7,252 fix. Then at number seven, we have Draco Malfoy slash Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't change spots at 7,338 fix. Then we have Bakugo Kotsky slash Midoriya Izuku. They also didn't change spots, sitting at 7,359 fix. And then also new to the list. 
Blackbeard, Edward Teach slash Steed Bonnet from Our Flag Means Death. Nice. Um, they're sitting at fifth place with 7,574 fix. It's a really good show. I know it is. Yeah. I really like the episodes that mm-hmm. I did watch, but I again, I think I was trying to watch it while I was in school. Right. And so they were like, uh, Plus season like, two is like greenlit for season two. Yeah, I heard that too. So yeah. I was like, but I just had a lot of things going right. on where I was like, I, uh, uh, yeah. I can't think about gay pirates right now. <laughs> I gotta do something else. Funny gay pirates do not have time on my schedule yeah. for funny gay pirates. Yeah. Um, number four, we have Sirius Black slash Remus Lupin. They jumped four spots. Nice. And that's confusing because nothing happened for them. So the bitches just put in a lot of work for yeah, them this year yeah, with seventy six hundred new fix. Um, then we have Lan Zan and Wei Ying from Modao Zushi. Um, they also jumped two points, uh, and they have 8,021 new fix. Nice. And at, sitting at number two is Wilbert Soot and Technoblade and Tommy Innit and Phil Watson. They stayed in their same position with 9,094 new fix. And then at number one, jumping 11 points, is Wilbur Soot and Tommy Innit. Okay. With 9,387 yeah, new fix. I'll say, except for the Dream slash George Not Found, both of the other Dream SMP are, like, platonic ones. It's so like the Amber Oh, stand. cool. Yeah. We also had an upset in the top sh- 10 ships of all time. So, along with the 2020 list, they have a top ships of all time. Okay. So, the top eight have stayed the same. Okay. But in 2022, Clance and Wincest have been booted out of their top 10 place. Okay. The, in their spots now are Jungkook slash v okay in ninth place and bakugo kotsky slash midoriya izuku in 10th place Whoa. so clans is still very close in 11th yeah, place Wincess needed to be fucking booted <laughs> Wincess dropped to 15th place that... so they dropped like far good yeah good <laughs> it never should have been that high to begin with yeah they they dropped far but clans is at like 11th place so they're still straddling the line by a hundred fix that's all they like that's all so right get it together right. okay we need 100 new things to get back in that top 10 position i mean i'm sure yeah we also had some fallen soldiers who fell out of the top ships of all time list in 2022 and this one some of these are gonna hurt you i think oh okay so one of them was poe dameron slash finn I do like that one. Fallen Soldiers. Yeah, I do like that one. We had Tsukushima K slash Yamaguchi Tadashi. Okay. And they recently, last year, got put into the top. Right. The top. I think it was like the top 100 ships of mm. like all time. Mm. So right. of all of AO3. Dean Winchester slash Reader, unfortunately, was booted. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? I knew, I knew putting this together, oh. there's stuff that was going to hurt oh. you. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, yeah, whatever. What the fuck? Slash reader. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't expecting a slash reader. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. Um, James T. Kirk slash Leonard Bones McCoy from Star Trek. Okay. Bell slash Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time. <laughs> okay. Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth. You fucking assholes! You fucking <laughs> assholes! What is wrong with you? How fucking dare you? They've forgotten about them. They've been forgotten. They put to the wayside. You fucking assholes. You know what? I'm going to burn all your houses down. I'm going to find you one by one. I'm the angel of death. You better mark your fucking door before I get there. She's like, if I don't see by this time next year that they've made it back onto that list. All hell will break loose. I'm like Dracula. You have one year to make your rights wrong. I mean, make your wrongs right. Jesus. Last but not least, Inquisitors slash Colin Rutherford from Dragon Age. Mm. All of our fallen soldiers. A moment of silence. I'm sorry for your loss. (laughs) 
And then we have new ships that entered the top 100 of mm-hmm. all time, which is number 44, Wilbur Soot, and Technoblade, and Tommy Ann and Phil Watson, which okay. makes sense. They've been sitting at number two for the last two years. Right. And number 46 is Wilbur Soot and Tommy in it. Okay. Number 66 is Toby Smith, Tubbo, and Tommy in it. Okay. Number 89 is Technoblade and Tommy in it. Number 91 is Mia Atsumu and Sakusa Kiyomi from Haikyuu. Number 94. Um, oh, and then these two are sharing a place. The same amount of fix. Tartaglia slash child slash Zongli. Okay. And then Baku Okatsuki slash Todoroki Shoto. Oh. See, yeah. That that kind of makes sense. Because yeah. I did see like an implosion of art between them over the past yeah. year. Which has been very interesting mm-hmm. to like witness. Because I'm not heavy in... Right my hero right anymore like i haven't even watched the newest season I haven't either. but it it's just like it's been a lot it's it's been weird to yeah. like see i think just the shipping of bakugo like multi like i've seen him with like a lot yeah. of different people i mean like understandably to mm-hmm. me is like uraka yeah because of like that one episode right. they had where he was like you're not that weak <laughs> right. and it's like shut the fuck up izuku sure. but i understand, I understand why people yeah. like push for it right and then Kirishima. Those are, like, the three characters where I'm like, okay, that right. at least sort of makes sense. Right. And then I've seen Todoroki. I've, I've seen, seen Todoroki. Shinso. Yes. I've seen Kaminari. I've seen Saro. Yeah. I've seen a lot. Yeah. I've seen a lot. So I think the multi-shipping of Bakugo Katsuki would really it's very interesting. prevalent in 2022. Correct. I would <clears> yeah. agree. Yeah. So, also, it's shot. One, one, two, three, four, four of the top, there's, like, seven on this list are all for Dream SMP. Yeah. That entered not only just, like, the top 10, but, like, top 100 of all time. Mm-hmm. So, they really made their mark. Good for them. Yeah. Um, so, on the list, there are 205 names. 25, so it's up six from last year, are women. Mm-hmm. One non-binary, which is new. Cool. And then six, which is up four characters, are ambiguous gender. There are 56, which is a loss of one, um, MLM pairings. 100, which is a plus one, female-male pairings. Six, up three, female-female pairings. One, which is the same, poly pairings. 20, minus two, gen pairings. And six, minus one, other pairings. Hmm. In total, there are 121 white characters, 63 Asian characters, five Latino characters, three black characters, and one indigenous character, as well as 13 racially ambiguous characters. There are 71 total characters of color, down from 80 in 2021 and 104 in 2020. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's a list of 2022's wrap-up overview. Yippee! Yeah. AO3! I always love looking at those whenever they come I around. know you like looking at statistics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love stats. I know. Yeah. I'm a I'm a whore for I know graph. you you send me like screenshots <laughs> of shit when it happens I'm like whoa I like keep a tally yeah lists like I like looking at them too but it's not like the same like you like you you start vibrating and you yeah. see you're like oh my god statistics <laughs> stats <laughs> which is crazy because I fucking hate math I mean okay yeah I was just about to say like that I was talking with some friends earlier like about music uh-huh. because like. I think this break did, did me a lot of good. Right. Like, I'm still kind of tired of playing my instrument, yeah. but I still really enjoy talking mm-hmm. about music. And so, like, yeah, I was talking to some friends about, like, rhythm versus beat mm-hmm. and, like, music theory and, like, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, a, a bunch of them were like, what the fuck? Like, you're getting really right. excited. And I was like, yes. And they were mm-hmm. like, you said you hated math. And yet you're <laughs> describing, like, polyrhythms. And I was like, 
correct it's a different math though it's in my brain right those are two different like it's not like there's a there's no overlapping there's a clear black and white (laughs) between that math and this math the venn diagram doesn't touch (laughs) correct it is (laughs) like they're two separate bubbles yeah nothing like same thing with like chemistry math Mm -hmm. like i'm i really like chemistry and i'm good at chemistry that is completely different that is and it's, it's separate it's it's different than doing calculus yes. and algebra yes which it like fuck that yeah fucking hate that i hate and i know you do too when my mother we go out and she's like oh this is 50 percent off sydney what is 50 percent off 30 dollars and i was like fuck you why would i know that <laughs> i have a See, calculator on my phone for yeah a reason. Oh, why would i we all have calculators on we our all phone. have calculators yeah like i went out to dinner i can with- go to google and be like hey google what is 50 percent off 30 dollars yeah. and it tells me I went out to dinner with friends and like they were struggling to figure out the tip. Yeah. And I whipped out my phone and pulled out the calculator <laughs> and I was like, what percentage do you want to give the person? Yes. Guess what? You times it by the total yeah. and do like, you want 20%? Okay, do 0.2. There's apps that and do it'll that tell, for it'll you. tell you what percentage of the tip, like what you should give them. Right. I don't understand. No. Technology is here for a reason. And it's for me not yeah. to do math anymore. I don't know. They were like talking about it. And I was like, shut the fuck yes. up. Just like do it. Right. Why do I need we to do We have things math. to do math for us. Yeah. <laughs> um so the last piece of news that i have so we started we started celebrating fanfiction authors but now i'm going to talk about how piss poor it's been for fanfiction authors this okay. past the end of this year so it was a pretty bad end of year for fanfiction authors firstly hundreds of authors began setting their profiles to private with the news that ai writing like lenza and open ai have been fed content from ao3 so ai software is using fanfiction to essentially teach an ai program how to write because fanfiction is free Mm -hmm. and for the most part it's open you can private your stories which makes it so only that if you have a profile you can right see that fanfiction which i'll say for ao3's sake sometimes it takes like days to actually get like a a invitation or whatever Mm -hmm. It's honestly that's changed. I remember when I started my AO3, it was like within the hour I got my invitation. Now it takes like days. Yeah, when I got mine, it took like almost twenty four hours. Yeah, because like for the longest time, I when I didn't have an AO3, mm-hmm. and then I was just like lurking, like right. I was just kudos right. things as guests. Yeah, which is which is fine yeah. to do. But there is a there is a a benefit. Now, yeah. To having... Now now there's like an actual weight. Yes. And um like I I'm in this art system called toy house mm-hmm. and that requires you to get an invitation code from someone that's right. already been in it yeah. or you have to join their discord server mm-hmm. and wait mm-hmm. for two weeks plus Damn. for an invitation from one of like yeah. the admins yeah so it i'm not like mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's concerning if ao3 were to do that sure. but it's seeming more yeah. and more that it's gonna end up we're like, gonna have to like go that. back to this stage where like they're single websites that you have to get like an invite to from right. the person in the singular website yeah. um and it's all because of ai fuck you we at canonically Dude. correct say fuck you ai fuck ai <laughs> fuck ai like i can't believe it's happening with writing i know I, I mean, seeing all the art stuff, too, I was like, Jesus But it's, like, baffling, because it's, like, you can see. Did you see the st- stuff on Twitter that was, like... The Studio Ghibli? Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings one? It was, like... I, that man has, like, 12 fingers. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I know. I didn't even realize it first, but then I saw the the quote tweeted, and yeah. it was, like, man, I love that a human did this, and yes. they zoomed in on the hand, <laughs> and I was, like, oh. And But there are so many things like that, and I can only imagine that it's going to be the same for writing. Right. Where it's, like, I had, like, a discussion with my my director at work because he was like oh like for this writing and i'm like you know that you're like that's my job (laughs) like please don't take my job away from 
<laughs> me. Right. My job is to write the th- please, <laughs> please, I'm begging you. Mm-hmm. But I think that there will also be like those things where you read it and you're like, the fuck? That doesn't make fucking like that sentence that I was reading to you earlier yes. that yes. my friend wrote where I was like, <laughs> it's such a convoluted. Why is it so wordy? There's nothing because like the we fuck already are you talking about. I I there's I fully believe that there is no way that y- an AI can fully get to the point of writing in the same way that's like logical and as legible as like a human being does because mm-hmm. they already have those where like a computer wrote this YouTube script for me and it is always fucked up <laughs> like at some point it's always fucked up right. and I can only imagine that with like even even if it's something like there's first of all no way they're gonna get emotions correct it's a computer. There's no fucking way that's ever going to happen. Right. And that's the whole point of literature is to evoke an emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but second of all, I could already see like, oh, well, like you said the person's over here now and suddenly they're at a coffee shop and then they're back to the flower. Like, right. <laughs> I can only imagine that's how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so a Reddit page detailed what was going on with OpenAI and the Reddit post um, stated several times that the AI writing software PseudoWrite, which is built on OpenAI's natural language, which is called GPT-3 technology, has been using fanfiction as part of its data to learn from. The post says these language models have performed almost as well as humans in comprehension of text. It's really profound, says writer slash entrepreneur James Yu, co-founder of PseudoWrite. The entire goal, given a passage of text, is to output the next paragraph or so, such that we would perceive the entire passage as a cohesive whole written by one author. It's just pattern recognition, but I think it does go beyond the concept of autocomplete. Pseudorite may not be reproducing these writers' actual work in the sense of plagiarism and reproducing the same words in the same order, but to come up with these original writing, it's using author's work for profit without them getting any benefit. Hmm. So I do think at some point it will just be plagiarism. Yeah. I think at one point it'll it will just be like, oh, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me it's not going to be. <laughs> like Yeah, no, you're going to feed it a bunch of like Suzanne Collins yes. stuff. It's <sighs> just going to regurgitate Colleen Susan. Hoover. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing yeah. over and over and over again. But the thing is is like there's no way they're pulling from actual pub- like published authors because they mm. have like a team behind them. Right. So like if if a fan fiction author who's like you or I, who's like, I don't know what to do if someone plagiarizes off of me right. and they don't do anything about it. Like, I don't know what the details of getting a lawyer. What I mean, my the one time are. it happened to me, right. It literally was just like, Hey, please fucking take this down. Right. And then I had to like tell all of my mutuals yes. and all of my followers yeah. like, Hey, this person me. stole my work yeah. verbatim. Right. Just changed, like didn't even change the title right. or anything and just posted it. Yeah. And now it's a big AI corporation that's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. There's no, you can never convince me that it's like, no, it's like it's co-written by, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> you cannot convince me that it ever will be. Right. Like, I didn't put several years into my life learning how to, like, write and write well for you to come and be like, I actually don't need you anymore. <laughs> what? And we already see, like, the implications of AI art. It's going to be the same for AI writing. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But anyways, here's another fuck you to fanfiction authors, part two. A publishing company has been accused of publishing fanfiction without the writer's knowledge or permission. Very cool. So, Plush Books suddenly debuted on the publishing scene in 2022 with 145 books published in a ridiculously short amount of time. Hmm. I don't know much about publishing books. It takes a long time. It takes a long time, though. They claim to 
quote, publish high quality works with years of creative output and research. While a large number of their books are cookbooks, many of their works, quote unquote, appear to be fan fiction taken directly from AO3 or fanfiction.net, unedited, unaltered, and with no credit or profit given to the original writers of the fanfic. Great. Thankfully, fanfiction communities have quickly caught on and are mobilizing against this, according to TikToker at Remember Me Not. Within hours of this being brought to um, authors' attentions, they had created a spreadsheet noting the original stories and the sites they were published on, the authors listed, and so on and so forth. They also had a form letter and a Reddit post detailing the process for reporting the books to Amazon and getting them taken down. All of this shows the dedicated community of fanfiction and how far we are willing to go to protect ourselves from each other. As Remember Me Not stated in the TikTok above, that's the whole point of fandom is to come together when there is a problem. Not cutting one down, not just shoving it to the side. It's to come together as a community. These people are the ones who ex- exude what true fandom is. So, <laughs> switches as we all love each other, everyone fucking hates us. The amount, I think this is like our third or fourth time talking about just people just straight up plagiarizing from fanfiction authors yes just on this show that's just like what the actual fuck are you doing? just because it's published for free on yeah. the internet does not mean it is free for you to take no and the fact that people because it's it, uh, it is, it's the same thing every single time i've reported on this unaltered unedited they just change a name or whatever and you're just like <laughs> excuse me why did you think that you could get away with this you thought that people weren't going to find out? But yeah, stay vigilant, fanfiction authors, please. <laughs> yeah. Please. I mean, fandom in general. Yeah, fandom in general. Please stop plagiarizing. It's like the thing we say all the time, but it's like you learn not to do that in elementary school. Like, yeah. literally the first lesson you learn. Mm-hmm. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Okay. So, like I said before, I started this year off with a fic that is 140,000 words okay and that was don't get me wrong it was delicious it was a it was a great little not little it was a great long fic but it was like all the chapters were so long (laughs) so this one might be a little bit longer just because i forgot how hard it is to condense an extremely long fic which i again don't know how you did for your three hundred thousand would win i think i would drive myself insane i have a system now oh good like i i I genuinely figured Mm -hmm. out a system where it's like okay I read a chapter. Yeah. I read a full because usually when it's like those big long chapters, right. it's like or a long fix, it's like thirty ish yeah. chapters if not more. So I'll read a chapter and then I'll because I bullet point, whereas you don't. Yeah. I'll bullet point things that I think are important mm-hmm. within the chapter mm-hmm. and be like, okay, here's everything that right. like went on in the chapter that I think is important. But and I'll kind of put like, oh, I think this is a plot. Oh, I think this is B plot. Right. That kind of thing. And then I'll keep doing that Mm -hmm. until I get to, like, maybe about halfway. And then I'll kind of flip back through and I'll be like, what's really maybe C-plot isn't important anymore. Get fucking rid of that. Get rid of it. So, yeah. I still haven't gotten (laughs) to that point. I feel like I have, but it's just, like, very difficult with the way that I like like putting them together. Mm -hmm. That's like, ah, (laughs) please. And the longer it is, the more stuff is happening. So even if I cut out, like a lot of character interactions or whatever um yeah but anyways i found that since we're still in the chilly times we're still in it's january Mm -hmm. it's still cold Mm -hmm. it's like it's like 60 degrees where we are yeah (laughs) it's nice we had a good 75 degree christmas here (laughs) um that i would 
have a fun little fic that's uh, set in Antarctica. Okay. Yeah. What do What do you know about Antarctica? Um, I know that's where the thing takes place. You're correct. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, it's mostly scientists down mm-hmm. there. It's really cold. Yeah. They found some really old ice mm-hmm. not that long ago. <laughs> um that's about it I mean, the sun sets for three months there's penguins yeah that's cool all right yeah so we are going in the scientist front okay so this is a little stem girly okay friends to enemies to lovers whoa scientists au antarctica au fic okay that i found right. um it is called as long as we stay together in parentheses if we stay together which you know is my favorite all lowercase parentheses mm-hmm. <laughs> If we get to the point where published authors do that, the longest fic of your life just with little parentheses, it's great. No more of of blank and blank. Like, child of ash and smoke. Stop that. Give me a parentheses. <laughs> um, it is by author Hero the Hard Way. Mm-hmm. It was started in uh, November 15th, 2019 and finished August 2nd of 2020. It is 27 chapters and roughly 140,000 words. Okay. Mature rating. I have cut out the sex scenes. You have to go read that for yourself. Okay. That's that's our that's our philosophy here. If you're new, that's our philosophy. We cut out the sex unless it's specifically about sex. Correct. So that you have a reason to go read this fic. I, when you started saying that, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yes, unless that it's is, specifically yes, about yeah, sex. Unless the episode is purely <laughs> about sex. Yeah. Unless I it's think, a Lemon Grove episode. I think literally every... <laughs> yeah there has to be a reason for you to go read this fic yeah and i know that sex is the reason we're we know we know our we are you (laughs) we know we understand it is in the she-ra and the princesses of power fandom so we've never touched this one except for the author interviews that we did where they wrote for she-ra so i have watched this show i have not it's a really good show. It's on so Netflix. Told. Yes. It is like four seasons, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful animation, great story, um, lovely characters, great relationships within the show. I love it. Um, so I have watched the show before. The relationships are Adora and Katra, yeah. which are in the top 100 ships of all time. Mm-hmm. They have made it. Good for them. Some of the tags are Slow Burn, Friends to Enemies to Lovers, Modern AU, Scientist AU, um, angst with a happy ending, called roommates, and some sexy times are had. It has 153,000 hits, 6,187 kudos, 1,967 comments, and 1,582 bookmarks. Um, so we're just going to start right into it. Yes. So we start in an airplane, specifically the cargo container of a plane that Adora is flying in to the South Pole, mm. specifically to the Ice Cube Narito detector. And while I love you stem bitches, I am not one of you. So I'm going to do my best to describe the sciencey parts, but I, for the most part, I did cut out the sciencey parts. Thank you. <laughs> for my sake. And for my sake. I was reading them and I was like, I don't understand. I mean, props to the writer. Oh my props, god. Props to the author for being like putting props it all to th- stem bitches. Yeah. Because you are so smart, and I don't understand a single thing. Because there are like my there are heavy science parts where they're talking about like a project they're working on and the thesis she's putting together, and I was like, <laughs> I don't understand I don't, a single. I don't, I don't. And so instead of me sitting here trying to explain a thing that I don't fully understand myself. Just understand that it's science in mm-hmm. nature. So she's going to the, pretty sure it's called the Amsden Scott, which is like a real base okay. in the South Pole. Um, that 
like you said, scientists work at mm-hmm. for, it's like six months at a time. So there's like the winter crew and the summer crew and they go back and forth. So right. Adora is specifically going there for the winter crew, which like I said before, three months at the time, it's complete pitch black darkness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's been excited to go to the South Pole, but now she's a bundle of nerves because she's realizing more and more as each hour on this plane ride ticks by that she's traveling to one of the most isolated places on earth. So it's like a place where only scientists are. Maybe like, maybe your base would have like 50 people on it. Mm -hmm. But you don't see these people a lot. They work in different areas. So it's like, you have to be like a certain individual to work in places like this. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just be, first of all, you have to have like the credentials of the scientist. Like she's an individual who's like trying to get her PhD Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of kind of bitch and then on top of that you have to have the fortitude to be like yeah i'm fine just being isolated in antarctica for six months yeah i'm sure they do like psychological checks oh i i i hope so i hope so and it's one of those things too where it's like especially in the winter times um yeah like planes can't can't get there so you're literally stuck there Mm -hmm. like you can't i learned that they don't have like proper protocols for like if a murder happens like, if something like that happens, there's no, like, real proper, like, protocol in place. It's so isolated that it's just, like, I don't, what do we, like, what do we do? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, who would? Yeah, like, um, so she is able to get an hour of sleep before she's awakened by the changing of the engines as they begin to descend. There's a lot of people to meet, places to see. Adora gets all set up, getting the tea from her new roommate, Glimmer, on who hates who, who's crushing on who, X, Y, Z. It is a small place. So it's like being in a small town almost mm-hmm. where she's like, you know everything about everyone kind right. of deal. And she's starting to get comfortable in a place where she's going to be at for the next six months until in the cafeteria, she spots someone she would recognize anywhere. And it's Katra. So now for some background. Adora went to Etheria University and she majored in astrophysics. Very smart. Not for me. I majored in communications. <laughs> I'm barely making it as is <laughs> as a dual arts major. Yeah. So she volunteered to come down to the South Pole for her PhD. She played in hockey in college and she was even a part of Team USA for the Sochi Olympics. And the Shira aspect is that's like her ho- that's like her hockey nickname is like Shira. Mm. <laughs> and through it all, her roommate, teammate, best friend, her everything was Katra. But she hasn't seen her in 4 years after they had like a falling out. And now she's stuck in Antarctica with her. So Glimmer and Bo notice this strange mood change in her, but Adora brushes it off before she runs out of there with the excuse of having to check on her dog. She has like an emotional service animal with her and she hurries down the hall towards the dorms and she almost makes it out. But as she's reaching for the handle of the door, she hears an all too familiar voice. Hey, Adora. Her heart skips a beat. Katra, is that how you greet all your friends, Adora? No, because we're not friends. Whatever you want, Adora. Fine. We're not friends. I wouldn't want to be friends with you anyways. But we are colleagues. Again. I can't wait to work with you. And then there's a fun little flashback. So this, like, the beginning half of this fic has, like, fun little flashbacks. Mm -hmm. I've only pulled out the ones that are, like, super important. Okay. So Adora's freshman year of college. She's unpacking all her stuff in her dorm. There's a knock at the door. And Adora turns to see Drop Dead Gorgeous Girl. And she quickly learns that Katra is not only her roommate, but also her teammate on the hockey team. Mm. Super duper off limits to her. She's like, "Mm -mm. (laughs) this is cannot. I'm not not ruining this. Right. So they get along fine. They hang out a lot. It's not surprising since they see each other frequently. And after a couple weeks of that initial meeting, they end up in a frat basement party 
she and Katra are dancing, but since it's packed, Adora gets pushed and spills her drink all over Katra. She pulls her into the bathroom, tries to clean her up the best she can, and it's not awesome, so Adora suggests that they go back to their dorm to grab a shirt, come back to the party. Of course, they don't. They just end up hanging out in her room. Honestly, best decision. Frat parties look awful. They are. They look awful. They're so disgusting. <laughs> but that's why you get hammered. You just like, don't care. Right, right. So they stay in the room and Adora confines that she's been pretty sheltered by herself, mostly. Like, she's never drank. She's never partied before college. And that's mostly because she couldn't be caught getting... She couldn't risk getting caught and, like, kicked off of the hockey team or getting suspended for whatever reason mm-hmm. she's just been pretty sheltered like by herself and Katra promises her that she hasn't missed out on much because like we said they suck <laughs> just all of it just mm-hmm. like even if like you drink at a younger age you make it to like 21 and you're like i don't want to do that anymore correct <laughs> yeah that just happened to me yeah for fucking new year's i decided <laughs> to get way more drunk uh-huh. like i used to in high school which i haven't done right. since i was 16 i Literally, for the past week, right. the thought of drinking mm-hmm. liquor yeah. has made me, like... Right. I remember the friends I was with, they they were like, oh, do you want to take the yeah. other half? I drank half a bottle of brandy <laughs> in one sitting yeah. with no eating in between. You have... We have our, like, very drunk episode where we both drank a lot and you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh, your tolerance is out of... I drank wine. Yeah. I drank some rum. Yeah. I had like two uh-huh. rum and cokes and then I drank half a bottle of brandy. Yeah. Didn't eat anything before or mm-hmm. after. I threw up. Yeah. I blacked out. Yeah. I, literally the thought of taking that brandy home right. made me want to vomit. Right. So I left it in like where I was because I was yeah. like, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I don't blame you. I was like this New Year's. I didn't drink at all either. My sister and I went to like a party and oh, we nice. both were like, mm, no, <laughs> no, thank you. That's fair. It's just even... I didn't start drinking as, like, young as you. I was, like, 19 when I started mm. drinking. But now I'm, like, 24, and I'm, like, ah, I'm okay, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I was also, like, grew up Mormon, so, like, yeah. obviously when you're restricted from yeah. things, you are mm-hmm. more interested in them, so. Right. And I wasn't. My parents raised Around the age of 15, 16 was when right. I started dabbling in, right. like, drugs and alcohol and that kind of stuff. But I definitely did right. too much too quickly. and So it's one of the things for our younger audience. You're not missing just much. Don't, just don't do it. You're like, just, it's, you're it, not missing much. It fucks with you. It oh my fucks God. with your body in ways that you don't even know. Also, you feel just awful. I hate yeah. the way I feel. Like, you might be like, yeah, I'm young and spry and no. I don't... Uh, one day it's going to catch up and you're going to fucking hate yourself. <laughs> but after the Five Nights at Freddy's episode, you stayed the night and the next morning we both were like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and we were both dying. You slept on the couch. You left. Slept on I the couch. I got so hot. <laughs> And you were, like, up against me, and I was like, I can't do this right now. You slept on the couch. I came out and saw you, and I was like, you're great. And you're like, I'm better now. And I was like, great. I'm going to go vomit. <laughs> it was, like, a rough. It was just yeah. rough. So, um, yeah. So, Katra and us say that you don't miss much. And she promises her that she'll always be around with Adora when they go out. Adora sticks out her pinky and says, promise we'll stick together no matter what. And there's more to this than Adora can understand at this time. Mm. And she says, I promise. They clicked in a way Adora never had with anyone else before or since. Of course, that just made it more devastating when everything had fallen apart. So field training, this is one of the few sciencey things I'm going to get into because it does come back in later. This field training starts at 8 a.m. sharp and and Adora can't avoid Catra anymore. 
Their instructors, Scorpia and Perfuma, are nice, especially after they don't place Adora and Catra in the group together, and then they move on to how to navigate whiteout conditions. Okay. What are whiteout conditions? Great question, Maya. <laughs> a whiteout is a storm, and the wind stirs up ice crystals on the ground or falling from the sky, and visibility is reduced to basically, like, zero. Mm-mm-mm. You have no idea where you're going. It's hard to tell directions. It's one of those things where, like, you, it's like a, an awful blizzard, like the worst blizzard imaginable. You have to stay in place. Like, cars can't go anywhere. You can't walk. Freezing temperatures. And it's in this task that she runs into Catra. They start arguing. But it's when Adora stops hearing Catra that she gets worried. She calls for her, and there's nothing. And even though it means they fail, Adora goes back for her. So Adora has no idea what Catra is thinking or feeling after this training, since she's not in the cafeteria after dinner. A new day arrives, and today Catra can't avoid Adora because she's giving her a tour of the ice cube. So this is like an area in which they will be both working together. So they're like lab partners again. Mm -hmm. And it's an area where they can only reach it via like a little buggy. So like they have to be driven there every single day. Kind of like a space shuttle scenario. So they take this short drive, and Catra warns Adora not to touch anything until she's had a chance to explain them. And up on the second floor, they go into a room with computers lining two walls. And Catra says, this is where the magic happens. Or the science, I guess. Don't touch anything. Catra snaps when Adora takes a step into the room. I wasn't going to. Am I allowed to set foot into this room, ma'am? You look like you were going to. I wasn't. I know. You were definitely thinking, though. You don't know anything about me, so stop acting like you do. You haven't known me for five years, Catra. Fine, if you want to do this, then that's, then that's what we're going to do. Fine, not like you even care about them anyways. Adora pulls up a chair, and she sits down. She's trying to keep her cool, but Catra's getting into her head without even trying. And now Catra leads Adora, Adora on an even more dry and technical tour of the rest of the lab. She doesn't joke around, she doesn't try to mess with Adora, and she doesn't even look at her. Hmm. Days pass, and it's very quiet. Adora works on her projects with Catra, but they don't talk much. Three, it's been three weeks after her arrival, and Adora is called into Dr. Bright Moon's office. And she's kind of like the director for this, like, whole thing. There's, like, two There's two directors, and she's one of them. Okay. She's specifically, like, Adora's boss, though. Mm. And she looks up to her, like, a lot. She's like, you're so smart. Like, I, it's, I'm starstruck. You're so, you're so cool. Literally, it's like, oh my, like you're the science prince. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, okay. like... And she talks... Um, so Angela Brightmoon, she talks about her resume and how smart she is, and she brings up this paper, and it's the paper that she wrote with Catra while they were in college together. And Adora is fumbling, trying to explain their professional relationship that ended with them writing this paper together, and Dr. Brightmoon says, well, that can't be helped, I suppose. But you must understand that while you regrettably must work together, I will have to ask that you maintain a professional distance from Catra. Despite your past fraternization, I understand that you will unavoidably be collaborating during normal working hours, but please limit your relationship to a working one and refrain from socializing outside of that. It will not turn out favorably to those involved. And Adora's stomach drops. And it's like really odd for her to be like making this Mm -hmm. request. Right. Like Catra and her haven't been friends in a long time, but it just feels weird to hear this from like her boss's mouth. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's something that's going to be much greater. It's a part of this, like, rivalry between Dr. Brightmoon and her pupils and Dr. Weaver and her pupils, Catra being one of them. But everything else, it seems to have fallen on Adora's shoulders somehow. Mm -hmm. So three weeks later, 
is their last day that they're going to see the sun for three months. The entire station gathers outside to watch the last pinpricks of the light disappear. Glimmer breaks the silence, the cold becoming too much to bear, and Adora breaks away from the horizon to follow her. And I can't imagine. Like, Alaska, that's a little bit, like, they don't see the sun for some time. Um, yes, depending on what parts of the states right. state you're in. Obviously, the more north you go, right. yeah, you're going to have yeah. complete darkness for a while. Yeah. But, like, if you're down in, like, Anchorage or Juneau, mm-hmm. um, you'll get it, like, during the winter, you'll get maybe two hours of sunlight yeah. a day. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe it's because we've lived in Arizona for, like, our entire I mean, I've lives. been up there during the summer. Right. Where it's the the opposite, where it's yes, sunny all day. All the and there's there's three well, hours the of darkness. the same thing for Antarctica, where it's, like, three months, it's nothing but sunlight. Right. It doesn't ever come down. Right. And it's, like, that... I can't imagine how that fucks with you mentally. Yeah. Being in pitch black for three months, only, like, fluorescent lights, mm-hmm. no natural sunshine. Yep. I'm not strong enough. I'm not one of God's stronger soldiers. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I couldn't be able to do that. Like, kudos to those who do and who, like, live in Alaska and, like, go up to Antarctica and mm-hmm. are, like, rad scientists. But, like, holy shit. The idea of it's, like, bye, son. See you in three months. <laughs> it's, like, so fucked up. <laughs> so, as Adora's leaving, her eyes meet Catra's for a moment and she tilts her chin up in acknowledgement. It's the same as she's done every... Almost every other time, but something small and significant has shifted just a bit. For the first time, it just feels neutral. Maybe they can't be friends, but maybe they can be friendly. Mm-hmm. So, flashback. <laughs> During their sophomore year of college, Katra loses her grandmother. She's so far away from home, but Adora is there for her. She's there when she gets the call. She's there when she sobs, like she'll never stop. And she's there for all the wistful memories that Katra goes on about. I was always the favorite of the cousins, which was nice. For one, she always snuck me an extra cookie when I was little. She remembered everything I told her, especially what I liked, favorite food, favorite color, which classes I was loving. She'd always ask about things I'd mentioned months before. And now she's never... It's hard to lose someone like that. Katra nods eyes filling up with tears again i'm not your grandmother but i know your favorite color is maroon and your favorite food is those shitty cookies that come in a tube and right now your favorite class is planetary science your grandma is not the only person who will ever know you or think you are worth loving looking back at these years anyone would say they were perfect catra's parents loved adora she became the hockey captain her junior year they moved in together and spent every moment together But always, in the back of Adora's mind is a little voice. Don't lean on Catra too much. Don't be too reliant. You don't know how long she'll stick around. And in the present, they go for two more weeks after the last sunrise, not speaking to each other. Until they're working in the cube together and realize they've been working on the same project. And it would be so much easier if they worked together. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of science stuff that goes on in this section that I really tried to understand. But god damn That's it. That's okay. Could I not? But they make progress is okay. what I know. Okay. Um, and they're way more friendly to each other than they have been in the last two months. They even go to lunch together. and But Catra stops Adora before she could walk in with her saying, wait a minute before going in there. Dr. Weaver's in there. The way she says her name. It's like Dr. Weaver's not just her boss, but a threat. So like you'll learn that like, so Dr. Weaver's the other director who is Katra's boss and the way that she treats her 
employees, subordinates, whatever, is, like, way different than Dr. Brightmoon. Mm -hmm. And Catra takes a lot of the brunt. And it's just, like, it's a lot of, like, what the show actually is. I really enjoy the way that they interpreted, like, the show versus this fanfic, where it's split up in the same way that Mm -hmm. still feels comprehensible that's like yeah i can understand how this works and their rivalry and everything Mm -hmm. and it's really nice because like the rivalry really isn't understood but that doesn't it's not what matters it's like how they're fucking with these their these lives okay and it's like so confusing too because these are grown adults like they're like 27 (laughs) and they're like no fraternizing and you're just like i'm a, a grown adult yeah, but some companies are, like, weird like that. They are, but it's so... Like, <clears throat> a lot of companies, especially when it comes to, like, employees, like, it's looked down upon to date your employee, like, your coworkers, just because it's messy. Like, it can get really messy. Yeah. But also... <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, literally. Like, um, where else are you supposed to meet people than besides the place that you work right. at 40 hours a week? Right. I'm sorry. And if it gets messy, it's my problem. Re- yeah. <laughs> like it's so confusing so it's like part of that is just like what the fuck is your i am like a grown adult who can make any decision i want and especially when it's like there's about 40 people who work here Mm -hmm. and i'll be here for six months what do you expect me to do (laughs) anyways so after some time adora walks into the cafeteria and instantly feels the gaze of dr weaver and she stares at adora with such obvious animosity that's like so confused you're just like you're an adult act like one Mm -hmm. act like one Mm -hmm. adora spots catra and she makes her way to the table where her friends are but she's stopped when dr weaver announces that she should sit with her instead and catra's pale as she walks to shadow weaver's table so like i said there's this rivalry with them that makes everyone's relationships more strained. Catra's and Adora's included. So there's like this whole chapter where it's like, yeah, great things are happening. Oh my God, they're friends again. And then it all comes crashing the fuck down. Great. So Catra gets Adora coffee and it's exactly how she likes it. She like remembers after mm-hmm. like four to five years of not being friends. She's like, that's how you like it. Right. And Adora's super confused because they kind of treated each other like shit. For months. And now they're working together like nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. And Catra's mad because she's just frustrated with Adora as a whole. Which is like understandable. Because if you're mad at someone, like every little thing they do pisses you off. So Adora is like, if you didn't want to deal with me, why did you bring me coffee? Catra says, I don't know, Adora. I thought it might be fun to work together. Can you get that through your thick skull? I thought it might be fun to work with my, with, with you again. It's been five fucking years. I don't want to spend the whole winter miserable. It was a fucking olive branch, okay? You wouldn't even look at me for the first month. Fine. Do you want me to be mean to you? Would that make you happy? No, I want you to apologize. Silence. And then Catra says, I thought that well, maybe we could be friends again. I guess I was wrong. So the next morning, Adora shows up at Catra's dorm at 6.30 in the morning to apologize. Catra first shuts the door on her face, but then she eventually comes out dressed and ready to talk. She first, Adora first apologizes, but what they really need to talk about is what happened five years ago. So senior year of college, they started arguing a lot. The gap between them just keeps growing. Adora gets onto the Olympic team. Catra doesn't. Catra takes up another lead on their project, this paper that they're working on, and Adora shuts it down. And all hell breaks loose five days before graduation. 
so that paper Adora and Catra published, it contained a theory that Catra was really pushing to stay in the paper. So after they published it, someone else published a paper saying that their theory was completely false. Mm -hmm. Like, not doesn't stand up in the slightest and adora loses her shit because she thinks that this theory that katra forced onto her is going to ruin her life ruin her career and she takes it out on katra completely and it spirals into this fight that adora is practically saying that she works harder than katra and of course that she'd take her down and katra's defending herself telling adora that she needs to lose her inferiority complex and she's worked like she's she's worked herself like she's done all this work herself and she's not at the top because of adora like, mm-hmm. she's not there because of Adora. And Adora storms out of their apartment that day. And she always kind of thought that whatever they did after college, they'd do together. But now, Adora never steps foot in that apartment again. And she has never seen Katra until Antarctica. Mm-hmm. So now she's sitting across from Katra, riddled with regret and guilt. And she apologizes for everything. And even Katra admits that she was wrong for that paper. And she just wanted to do something. Like, she wanted to make something of herself. Right. And Adora says, I, you know, I looked into it. I wanted to figure out what went wrong. She wants to say what went wrong with us. She says, I figured out what the pattern was, and it helped me move forward, sort of. And at that point, Adora has been playing the blame game a lot, oscillating between deep, bone-deep self-loathing and being convinced that Katra had maliciously sabotaged her career, which is just not true. Hmm. And the grief had encapsulated it all, an all-encompassing tsunami of it. There had been days when she just laid there, curled up in her bed, everything gnawing at her, feeling the most alone she'd ever felt in her entire life. Sure, there was something broken inside. She'd wallow in her misery, marinated in it, let it control her for almost a year. And that's where she gets, like, her her emotional support dog, Swift, Swift Wind. Um, because it's just, like, this, like... So, I didn't really put it in the story, but Adora is, like, cut, like a foster kid. Like, she's bounced around. She's never really had a stable situation. Okay. And, just like, when she had Catra, she's like, that's the most stable relationship I've had. And she fucked it up mm-hmm. by, like, worrying that, like, something that, like, it, it, I, I can only imagine it happens in science all the time. Where someone has a theory that's just not correct. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's bound to happen. People make mistakes. We're only human. People make movies that just aren't hits. Right. There are theories that just aren't, don't slay like mm-hmm. the others, you know? Right. So, but she's like freaks out because she's young. She's probably like 21. She's like, she thinks like it's the end of the world. Because even right. when you're like, I, th- I feel like everything before you're 30 is like the end of the world. Every relationship, every mistake, every rejection is like the end of the fucking world. Mm-hmm. But it's like, sometimes you just don't, have the coping mechanisms to like work through that Mm -hmm. and be like there is no one to blame and it's fine sometimes that takes people a really long time (laughs) so but it like completely ruined their relationship and it was a thing i remember talking to my sister about like this fic in conjunction with like a book she was reading about like oh like they have all these excuses for why they weren't together and it doesn't make any sense and i was like yeah i understand that like there's this fic i'm reading and like the way that they explain what happened between them i'm like i totally understand like it was just like this build-up of like all of this stuff that happened and the fic really goes into like all the arguments they had before this and they had like a lot Mm. and it was just this build-up that like exploded and it was like yeah like to them it was like 
the end of their life. Like, to Adora, it was, like, the end of her career, something that she was working on forever. Mm -hmm. And to Catra, it's just, like, like, you think that you're so much better than me. And, like, that's really hard in, like, a friendship because it's, like... It's fucked up. It's really fucked up to be, like, I got here myself. Like, I didn't Mm. didn't make it to the top of the hockey team because of you. I didn't make it here in my studies because of you. So it like a hundred percent makes sense so catra says it's pretty cool that you figured that out sounds like you're some pretty good astronomer and adora says thanks and i'm really sorry for everything i said that day i'm ashamed i was selfish and callous and i didn't even try to listen to you it was uncalled for and unacceptable i've never been forgiven my i've never forgiven myself i wasn't a good friend i couldn't reconcile with what i thought about myself with how i acted that day how i let something like that destroy the best thing in my life they're quiet for a while taking in explanations and apologies that are long overdue and then adora speaks up again i don't want to fight anymore do you think we can try to be friends again very hesitantly catra says i want to and then she smiles uh do you want to like hug or something and adora responds by surging forward and wrapping catra in her arms After only a second, Catra hugs back, and Adora closes her eyes and buries her face in Catra's hair. And if she died right now, she'd be happy. And here, Slay, is where we move into the lover's arc of the enemies to friends to lovers trope. So Catra and Adora are getting along. They're catching up. They're being friends. Things between Camp Brightmood and Shadow Weaver are still strained, but it's the biggest reason they only stay friends in the cube. And it's super fucked. So this is a part where it's like super fucked up because there's one day that Adora overhears the conversation between Scorpia and Dr. Weaver that ends in Weaver demoting Scorpia to the night shift all because she was caught like canoodling with Perfuma. Literally okay. like, <laughs> so like that, it's like extreme where it's like Dr. Brightmoom is like, you know, I think it'd be best for all of us. If you like stayed away from Katra, like very passive aggressive, but Shadow Weaver is just like, I'm fucking kicking you out to the night shift. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's how like, that's like the risk that's going into like mm-hmm. basically making friends with anyone on the quote unquote other side. And the entire interaction, interaction just makes Adora matter. Like these two are making everyone's lives works because there's some internal war between the two of them Mm -hmm. but that doesn't stop them Katra asks to hang out and work together and they don't let them scare them but the longer they hang out the more Adora starts feeling shaky when she's around Katra her heart beats faster it's harder to breathe and it only becomes harder when they start intertwining more of their lives together they bake together Katra helps Adora with her thesis Swift Wind even goes to Katra in the midst of a panic attack to calm her down so their lives are very intertwined with each other's and then there's the midwinter roller hockey game. <laughs> so it's normally played by Team Bright Moon and Team Weaver, but this year, the double trouble team switches sides. So it's a bunch of hobbyists, a pro level hockey player, and a literal Olympian. Great. <laughs> awesome. So you see how this could go for everyone else. But it's strange because playing against Katra instead of playing with her. They've been playing since freshman year together, and Adora falls into her habits like, a, like it's a second skin. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that Catra is not on her team, <laughs> and Catra does play a great game. So they go into overtime, and those last five minutes are a blur. And when they're over, it's still tied up, so it comes down to a shootout. Catra via Adora. 
It's in, <laughs> it's in, it's in until Adora misses their last shot. And maybe Katra misses and they need to go again. But of course, Katra never misses. And Adora sneaks away after frustrated with herself and meets Katra inside of this makeshift locker room that they made out, out of just like a regular room. She says, hey, Katra, thought I'd see you here. And it's awkward, mostly because Adora wasn't aware that Katra would be switching sides. And she really wanted to play with her again. Mm-hmm. And Katra says, well, maybe I wanted to play with you. And Adora says, maybe if we had been on the same team, we would have creamed the other side. So it's like unfair. Mm-hmm. And Katra says, maybe, probably, I guess we'll never know. And Adora's eyes flick down to Katra's lips just for a fraction of a second. And she can't stop herself. And then she's looking at Katra's eyes again. You know, none of this would have happened if you just said what you wanted, Adora. Well, I could say the same to you. Well, I just got what I wanted. I beat you. Rematch. You and me. You're on. Name the time. Tomorrow? Perfect. And Adora realizes that their noses are almost touching. Katra's eyes drop again. Her breath hitches. Adora hesitates, but only for a moment before she surges forward, pressing her mouth to Katra's. Katra's arms are on her neck, and her mouth is hot and open and insistent on Adora's. Beautiful writing. Kissing Katra is like standing in front of a blazing bonfire, sparks swirling into the sky. And Adora wants, with a force so shocking in its intensity, that it takes her breath away. Has she always wanted this? Her mind instantly supplies an answer, yes. Yes, she's always wanted to thread her fingers deep into Katra's mane, has always wanted to feel Katra melt into her. She's not sure when she breaks away. Katra's eyes slowly drift open. Her cheeks are flushed, lips swollen, panting to catch her breath. Whoa. But then the reality of the situation hits Adora, because she just made out with her coworker, her lab partner, and the one person she was explicitly warned to stay away from. And every fiber of her being wants to do it again. Glimmer, if you've forgotten her roommate and friend, Mm -hmm. walks into the locker room before they can decide whether to forget all this happened or not. And she's not stupid. She definitely doesn't believe their whole, we were just talking. (laughs) Excuse. And she wants to know everything. And that's where we get this word vomit from Adora about how she's always had these feelings for Katra. They were friends, but they were, they were friends, but not like super close. Maybe not totally platonically. And there was one, this was the one time, but it's never going to happen again. But that doesn't stop an email from Angela Brightmoon showing up in her inbox the next morning. Subject, meeting during your lunch break. She's not happy about seeing one of her subordinates playing for the other team. Adora crafts a very well-executed lie that Dr. Brightroom somehow believes before she lets Adora go. But she has to say one more thing. I think it would be wise to create some separation between you and Dr. Romero. I would like you to work in the main station ICL lab for the next week to give you a break. I'm only trying to protect you, Adora. Dr. Weaver is a nasty woman. If she had been, on, if she had been the one to see you two on the wrong teams... I just don't care to imagine what she would have done. And frankly, you should have never been working with Katra in the first place. This is just keeping the status quo. Bitch. Oh, 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 stick to the stuff you know. <laughs> to be one, to be cool, to go by simple oh. rule. <laughs> don't mess with the stuff. I'm holding a oh, gun no. to her right now. And she just stick keep, to the status quo. going for it. <laughs> so Adora wants to scream. She's, again, like I said, a fucking adult. She's acting like a adult. And she has to agree. 
But then as soon as she leaves, her phone rings and it's Katra. Rematch? Question mark. And they take all of their anger and frustration and bullshittiness out on the ice. And when all of these emotions and tension builds up, they end the game with a passionate kiss on the ice. We really shouldn't be doing this, Adora asks, her resolve dissolving by the second. Doing this here, I mean. Katra kisses Adora's jaw. Uh, yeah, you're right. But you want to keep doing this? Obviously. Okay, great, me too. The cube is lonely without the other, but they manage. Katra sneaks inside the cube when Adora's working, and they text each other a lot, and everything is great. Adora feels excited about life in a way that she hasn't in a very long time. But she is starting to get increasingly worried that other people will start to notice their change in relationship. Mm -hmm. Because Adora isn't the coolest. She doesn't keep her cool well, especially not around Katra. And Katra tries to calm her down, but people have been... They have been making strange comments. Like Seahawk telling Adora that he could keep her secret safe. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) (laughs) Scorpia telling Katra that she's jealous that she gets to work with her girlfriend all day. And everyone's being very sweet. Like, they're helping them. They're like, you know that, like, Bright Moon and Weaver, they'll be, like, in the cafeteria together. Like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Or be, like, making excuses for them. Mm-hmm. They're being generally very sweet about their relationship. Nice. Cute. But with everyone at the station going out of their way, they can't help shake this feeling that they could be found out at any moment. So they end up staying at the lab, like, kind of late. Take up as much time as possible. And on one particular night, close to midnight, Adora and Katra leave the lab, race through the halls of the station to the loading bay. And Adora sees the snowmobile that they scoped out earlier to the ski hut to watch the southern lights all night long. Half of the warming hut is metal, but the other half facing away from the station is floor-to-ceiling windows, so it feels like you're really outside. And when Katra flicks off the lights, Adora gasps. The Milky Way stretches across them like a brilliant river of stars. There are more stars down here than Adora's ever seen in her life. And yet Katra, she can't tear her attention away from Adora. They have to wait a little while before the lights arrive, and they cozy into each other. Oh, woe is you having to forced to spend time with me, Katra jokes. I like spending time with you. Otherwise, I wouldn't have volunteered to stay up all night waiting for an Aurora that might even show up, you dork. Thankfully, they don't have to wait long until a shimmering river of light reaching from one horizon to the other, flickering streams of emerald greens, wavering like lines of fire, and deep magenta streaks the sky above them. Adora's mesmerized, gazing out, taking in miles and miles of stars and lights. Katra hears Adora inhale, sees her turn into Katra, and slides one hand to the back of Katra's neck. Katra's lips part, and she leans forward, but they don't kiss. Katra tilts her head forward until their foreheads touch. She closes her eyes, feels Adora's breath against her lips, and somehow this feels more special, more significant than anything they've done so far. Adora's fingers slip out of Katra's, and Katra opens her eyes. Adora's eyes are full of something. Adora brushes her lips softly against Katra's, then a second time, angling into a deeper kiss. It's not the heat from before this time, it's different kind of intensity. And they do fuck in the hut under the southern lights. Which, honestly, slay. Could you imagine under a sea of stars? That's like the most... I heard that and I'm like, maybe I do want to go to the South Pole. Because that sounds romantic as fuck. Cold as fuck. But they're in like this hut. I know, I know, I know. It's still... I know. (laughs) To get there, though, it's pretty cold. Uh. But like, under a sea of... Like, it's basically like the northern lights. And stars, gorgeous. 
a gorgeous fuck. <laughs> so Adora's mind is playing on a loop, and she's trying to drive them back. So it's a little distracting, especially with Katra nestled against her back, warm and lethargic. All Adora really wanted was to stay in the hut forever. Even as the aurora died down and the stars were o- their only light, Katra's warm skin against hers, the way that Katra fit against her, it felt so right. When they return to the station, Adora can't resist kissing Katra one last time. Except that quick kiss turns out to be quite a lot longer, and that's good because it, Adora really doesn't want to let Katra leave. Finally, Katra pulls away. I better go, she murmurs against Adora's lips. Katra turns, and this time she really does walk away. Adora's hand slides down Katra's arm, unwilling to let her fingertips lose contact with Katra until finally she's too far away. And then when she's all alone, the thought hits Adora like a semi-truck. She slides to the ground, her back against the snowmobile, her lips tingling from the kiss. She closes her eyes and whispers to herself, I'm in love with Katra. She immediately wakes Glimmer up. Five in the morning, and she's waking Glimmer and Bo up to tell them everything. Their friendship, their breakup, their reunion, their friends with benefits situation, the fact that she's in love with her, everything. It's a lot to take in so early in the morning. And as blissfully happy as Adora is, she's also afraid because she doesn't want to ruin what they have again. But Katra. Katra is so hopelessly, blissfully, crazily, disgustingly in love with Adora. She also doesn't get a lot of sleep that night before she goes to find a Scorpia, who is still working the night shift, by the way, so she's just getting off of work. And this basically confirms to us that, yes, they both love each other, and yes, they are both horribly afraid to admit to the other because they think that the other doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. So the problem comes down is that Adora decides to put space in between them in hopes that those feelings will just disappear. And Katra decides to let Adora take the lead, and she'll go with whatever. So nothing fucking happens. So yeah, she's basically like, I'll just, I'll follow your lead, whatever. And Adora on her end's like, I'm just gonna not do anything. So nothing fucking happens. Great. Because neither takes the lead. So days pass like this. Catra's reaching out, Adora's pushing farther away until she just stops. Obviously she's not okay, and everyone can see that. Even Glimmer checks on her all the time to make sure that she's making the right decision. I just don't think this is the right way. How are you expecting Catra to feel after you've just been avoiding her for however long you decide is necessary? She'll be fine. She'd understand if she knew. How the fuck would you know that? I just know, okay? We've been friends for a long time. No, no, actually, you haven't. You've been friends for four years and some odd months with a fucking five-year gap where you hated the thought of each other. You don't get to assume what another person would want, Adora, especially with the history like you two. And Adora walks away from the fight, and she hates herself for it. Hates that she can't let herself have one good thing, hates that Glimmer is right, and hates that she knows she's hurting Katra every single time she ignores her. And Katra is too empty, too lonely. And that fucking hurts a lot more now, since her life used to be full of Adora. And it doesn't help that she has no clue what happened. One minute, they were sneaking out and stargazing, and the next, absolutely nothing. If Adora didn't want to date, that's fine, but Catra thought they were at least going to be friends again. Clearly, she'd been wrong, and that haunts her the most. So she's been throwing herself into work. When it gets really bad, she, gets, she goes to the cube. She's positive that Adora doesn't work these hours, so she'll be fine to be in peace. But that's until she hears the rumble of a snowmobile and the footsteps of another person. And Adora is just as shocked to see Catra as Catra is to see her. Especially since it was Glimmer that told her that Catra wouldn't be in the cube. And it's super fucking awkward between them. Trying to work and Catra makes super passive aggressive comments like, Oh yeah, 
well, what else do we need to re-examine? It's a lot, but eventually Catra stops being passive. She's so tired that she doesn't even have the energy for it. And she says, it would have been nice to know what I've done wrong, Adora. And it would have been really nice to know why you chose to ignore me for 10 fucking days. And it would be extra nice if you would ever fucking talk to me instead of making decisions that affects both of us without so much as as an explanation. So I'm going to sit here and work on my program and you can do whatever the fuck you want until lunch. If you want to fucking talk, I'm here. If you don't, that's fine. But don't come back this afternoon. Got it? Adora doesn't say anything. She just gets up to call Glimmer and practically screams at her for messing with her love life. Because literally Glimmer was like, you guys needed to talk. And that's what happens with both of them is she has um, Scorpia like sent Catra there. And then Glimmer sent Adora there because they're like, they need to talk. So mm-hmm. we'll tell the other that what they won't be there because now they need to talk to them because the only way that they can leave is if Seahawk picks them up right. and we'll make sure that Seahawk doesn't fucking pick them up. Very smart. So it's a smart idea until while they're out there, Catra gets an emergency weather update near whiteout conditions mm. and for everyone's safety, no staff may leave their station and all vehicles are grounded until further notice. Very cool. So they're stuck officially let's go so they're civil for a moment for survival's sake checking emergency supplies and the generator then they're quiet until adora can't stay quiet anymore she says i'm sorry sorry isn't gonna cut it this time try harder slay and katra's right sorry isn't gonna cut it because katra isn't going to understand and she doesn't know katra that well anymore so she's quiet a little longer, trying to figure out how she's going to clean up this emotional mess that she's truly, like, never decided to clean up before in her life. Mm. She's always been like, I'll fuck up my emotions and then walk away from them. <laughs> no consequences. She says, what do you know about loneliness? <laughs> loneliness? What kind of bullshit is this? You deserve an apology, but you deserve an explanation way more. So, I was gonna start there. Fine. Um, it's when you miss being around people, I guess. No, it's not that. It's different than being by yourself and wishing you weren't. It's wondering if one single person in the world cares about you. It's making friends and them never wanting to stay when the going gets tough. Her entire life. Adora worked harder in school, perfect 4.0 every year. Worked harder than anyone on her hockey team. Trained harder in the offseason. Was captain her sophomore year. And then and the two years after, got a hockey scholarship in college. She was this golden girl that all her teachers raved about, that all the people in her grades seemed to like. But the girl that they loved was Adora. This polished, perfect Adora. But she wasn't this to Katra. She couldn't hide from Katra. Katra frowned when Adora didn't take care of herself. She noticed when no one else did. Katra cared. Adora says, I've never had a best friend before you. And then suddenly I had one. And it was the best thing ever. Everything I always dreamed about. Like in the books. I haven't had a lot of practice building really strong friendships. And the only ones I managed, I ruined it. Is that it? You're bad at making friends and you had a sad childhood. So you you fucking avoided me for a week and a half? And Adora just can't keep doing this. She can't keep hooking up without anything else. She can't keep expressing her emotions and expect good outcomes. But she needs to do this. She needs to mend things with Katra so she swallows her pride, calms her nerves, and apologizes. Really apologizes for making this decision without Katra. 
but she can't bring herself to go as far as I love you. Catra decides to give Adora a second chance on the basis that she doesn't do anything like this ever again and the contention that they go back to this whole feelings conversation at a different time. And just as things look brighter, Adora gets a text from Glimmer. Just saw my mom going to Shadow Weaver's office. IDK if it's about you guys, but it's probably about you guys. Bo talked with Scorpia. Weaver's like uber pissed about something. So Adora gets a call from Bright Moon later that day. She's very distraught with how this situation played out and apologizes that she has to deal with Katra for a few days while the storm rages on. Dr. Weaver calls Katra not much later and she's less passive than Angela Brightmood, way more aggressive. And Adora learns that Dr. Weaver is much worse than Brightmood. Angela sentences you to the night shift and Weaver fires you without warning. Adora can't deal with this 10 long war, 10 year long war that they've had. And she just thinks that if they come together, that they can stop them from messing with their grown adult lives. I don't know how many times I have to say this. They're grown adult lives. Mm -hmm. But Katra, she doesn't even want to risk losing her job because she loves her job so much. So they're at yet another standstill. Also, we get only one bed scene in this fic. And it's really good. It's somehow like a huddling for warmth plus only one bed. Nice. It's great. Anyways, <clears throat> they wake up and they start reminiscing. And Andorra, she just casually goes, Haha, remember that time when all of our coworkers thought we were dating and they helped us? Haha, <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. What if we were actually dating, though? Okay. <laughs> and uh, then it's fucking dead silent because Katra knows exactly where this is going. Adora says, I know we agreed we weren't, but I kind of wish we were. And we never talked about if we should date and... I think you probably know that I'm not good with feelings, but I, I wanted to. I really, really wanted to. Then why didn't you say, I really couldn't. You mean so much to me. It was when we went to see the Aurora in the hangar. I just, I realized that I'm in love with you. And I have been for longer than I know. It all comes out in a tidal wave. Everything Adora felt until now, all the pain she's caused to herself and Katra, she's sobbing and Katra's dead silent. That Adora feels Catra's fingers gently uncurling her clenched hand and lacing their fingers together. I don't want to stop being friends. And also, you're so, so stupid because I'm in love with you. God, Adora, I tried so hard not to be, but I completely failed. And Adora laughs and sobs because, holy shit, this is real. This is real, and she's really messed up, and she really hopes that they can start over. Adora grabs... Catra's hand and laces their fingers together. She tilts her head until their <laughs> foreheads press together against Catra's own. Maybe we can try this again. If you don't want to, I want to. And then Catra is untangling their fingers and tilting her head and their lips are brushing. Adora answers by bringing their lips back together and disentangling their fingers so that she can slide one hand to the back of Catra's neck. And maybe she's still crying. Maybe Catra is too. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it'll be okay. So they spend the next few days picking up right where they left off, with a few I love you's scattered in there to be sure. Truly, the only thing that looms over this now is this bright moon, Weaver War. And right now, Adora, Adora's idea isn't the worst to catch her, but she knows that if they don't succeed, they're both on their asses. Never to come back. Adora, though, thinks that if they all, 
is they're all allies. If they all, if all 50 people band together, they can't punish everyone, right? She says, I don't want to have to be a secret. I don't want to pretend we're something we're not. I don't want to have to grin and take it every single time Angela gets bitchy about you for fuck's sake. And Catra's smile is sharp and her voice is steady. Then let's do this. The first person Adora calls is Glimmer. When the storm subsides and they can go back to the station, they scramble out of the cube to watch the first sunset sunrise in many, many months. As Adora watches the tiniest sliver of gloriously bright sunlight on the horizon, slowly rising higher and getting brighter, it really sets in that today is the day. There's no going back. It's hell or high water. Surprisingly, it's Katra that's the one. The, it's Katra that's the nervous one. Adora's a little surprised because she would never think that it, Katra is an anxious person, especially not next to her. And for once in her life, she's found the strength for both of them. She's going to do whatever it takes to end this stupid feud. So Seahawk picks them up at one. Everyone from the station is waiting for them to return to, in a loading bay, giddy for their plan to be set in motion. It looks like Glimmer informed everyone about this day and they're all ready for this personal hell to be over. Katra, Adora, Glimmer, Bo, they all make their way to the cafeteria where Bright Moon and Weaver have been all morning. The tension in the room is palpable, and as soon as the two see Katra and Adora, they try to separate them. They're like, Adora, let's go to my office. Mm -hmm. And Katra, like, come with me. And they're both like, mm, no. It goes deadly silent, and Angela's the first one to speak up. No. You can't punish us for something that we have no control over punish you adora what are you talking about what so you're not going to say that i need some distance from katra force me to work at the station instead of at the lab where i can get more work done the work i was hired to do with my fucking lab partner that was never a punishment adora you and katra should have never worked together in the first place the outbreak shakes adora and angela tries to compose herself as well as she can explaining that it was never a punishment but she was trying to protect Adora from Dr. Weaver. Dr. Weaver, though, fully intends to discipline her subordinates. But Katra, the anxiety she held in the cube is gone. Her eyes are cold and hard. No, I will not be going with you. Say what you want here in front of them. No, you dare refuse me, you insolent, insubordinate. I don't think you've gotten the full picture, Dr. Weaver. Allow me to elaborate. And then Glimmer swings the door open and the entire population of the station streams into the cafeteria in under a minute, forming a half circle behind Adora and Katra. I think you're interfering with something you have no understanding of, Angela says. Confrontation won't solve anything. This won't change the fact that this woman has been terrorizing people for years. And you haven't done a single fucking thing about it, Adora takes over. You don't get to say you protected us. Maybe without you, Dr. Weaver wouldn't be running this place. But you've kept the status quo for ten fucking years. Angela, and do you want to know what the status quo is? It's forcing people apart. It's making every person walk on eggshells around you, around her, because everyone is too t terrified of the consequences of stepping out of line. It's only protecting half of the people at this station because apparently you can't be bothered to care about what she's doing to the other half. And you know what? They're not just terrified of Weaver. They're scared of you, Angela Brightmoon. Angela stares at her, speechless, and then her eyes narrow. Adora, this is crossing the line. You will come with me to my office now, and we will discuss the terms of your contract. 
Adora doesn't waver because she knew this would be the risk that she's taking. But she doesn't have to take this risk alone because Glimmer marches up and gives her mom some hard truths. And it's really one of those conversations that only a parent and a child can have. And it, Glimmer's the only one to do it. Mm. You're so fucking wrapped up in this whole thing with Weaver, you forgot about your own daughter. How do you think that makes me feel? Is there even a tiny chance you can think about something other than your feud for once? Can you think about the station's actual well-being? Can you think about me? And that's what breaks Dr. Angela Brightmoon. Game over. Glimmer and Angela leave the room to have a much-needed overdue conversation, but that was the easy part. There's still one more person, and this, this is going to be harder. Catrice takes a step forward towards Shadow Weaver, blocking a door with her own body. Weaver stops a few feet away from them, and her face contorts into a snarl. You dare disrespect me, Catra. I brought you here, I hired you, and I've mentored you, and I can fire you just as easily. Dr. Weaver's not even hesitating to fire Catra. She has this long list of infractions, mostly bullshit, that she could easily use to fire Catra and not have it be a wrongful termination. And the thing about Dr. Weaver is that she hates Catra, but she loves Adora. She shoves Catra out of her way, hard enough to push her to the ground after she feels she's taken care of and makes her way to Adora. Her tone is sickly sweet, and she explains that she sh this should have never happened. Adora should have been under her. She's so smart. Weaver would have absolutely made her the head of the project instead of Catra. And Catra's never been more of a placeholder for Adora to Shadow Weaver. And Adora can't even begin to fathom how Catra, this lovely, smart, beautiful person that has forgiven her time and again fall and fallen in love with her on top of it all, could be seen as a placeholder. Any artificial sense of peace would have only been because of your manipulation. Catra and I, there is nothing that you could have done that would have ever helped us. I... L and she stutters, cuts herself off. Dr. Weaver's eyes narrow, prompting Adora to go, to go on. And Adora glances back to Catra, and Catra reads the panic in her eyes, because she hadn't meant to say that. It wasn't part of the plan, but Catra's happy to improvise. She strides past Shadow Weaver and grabs Adora by the lapels and yanks her down to kiss her. And for a moment, Adora's frozen. But that moment passes almost instantly, and she's kissing back hard and fierce, and Catra pours out all of her anger and her frustration and her fear and all of her love into it. And Dr. Weaver's pissed, and she fires her immediately. But Catra isn't worried because Entrafta's been recording the entire time. All of Shadow Weaver's intimidation and threats towards Catra, her bribery towards Adora, they have enough evidence to truly take her down. She says, we're unionizing, bitch. And guess what? We've decided we're not fans of the management, especially you. You can't do this. I have led this station for a decade. You can't just take it away. I'm in charge. And what exactly will you be in charge of when you fire all of us? Because sure, I'm the one speaking right now, but every single person at the station stands behind me. And that's it. They did it. They won their rights to their freedom. Shadow Weaver is out on the first plane as soon as the winter is over. Everyone's cheering and rushing to Catra and Adora. Catra's crying. Her relief is so overwhelming that she's choked up with it all. But then Adora's hand finds hers and she tugs Catra close. Adora presses her forehead to Catra's and whispers, we did it. We really did it. The next two weeks pass in peace. Lots of things change and will be changing. Dr. Weaver left on the first plane and everyone's allowing Dr. Brightmoon another chance with lots of stipulations. But all good things come to the end. 
to the end and they're already leaving. It's hard to leave this place. Adora already looking forward to returning next winter. She'll be missing all of her friends, but most of all, Katra. There will be a lot of changes. Katra looking into fellowships closer to Adora so that they can be together the second half of the year. But despite the changes, they're going to do it together. She's leaving the first place that's really felt like home in a long, long time. But suddenly, it doesn't feel like she's leaving anything. It feels like home is here. Right here in this cargo plane, with Catra's hand warm in hers, and her best friends in arms reach away, and her dog curled up already asleep next to her. It doesn't feel like the end of anything, after all. It feels like a beginning. And that's, as long as we stay together, mm. if we stay just to, if we just stay together by Hero the Hard Way, it's such a long title. It is a really, <laughs> that's why I don't like the parentheses. I love the parentheses, though. I know though. you love them. The title of this episode is going to be really fucking long, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's great. I'm so glad that I started the year with this. I was like, wow. You were stressing about it. It was just so long. And there were so many. uh, I think what I hate about doing really long fix the most is that I have to cut so much out. Just like there's so many great character interactions. There's so many characters I just cut like Frosta and Mermista that I just cut out because I was like, Mm. I just can't. But the the way that this person wrote the fic is like oh yeah you understand everyone's character perfectly because they all react like they all interacted like so well together Mm -hmm. and you're just like yeah that's exactly how this person like frost is great i'm so glad i had to cut her out she's like so she's just this little girl whose parents work in this station so she just has to come and just be alone (laughs) in this place where like adults work for and she loves adora's dog so she hangs out with adora's dog all the time like it's so sweet um but it's great and so that's the the end of the fic. There's another chapter that's an epilogue that is like the six months of their lives before they go back mm-hmm. for a second winter. That's great. I love it. It's nice. amazing. Um, it's it's so long. But if you want to start the year out with like a really long fic, which I know lots of you bitches love, a great slow Yippee! burn, go ahead. It's great. Yeah. Also, I really loved, I was like waiting for like them to get caught, but it never happened. And I kind of love, it was like subverting, mm-hmm. like it could have been so easy for them to get caught but they're like nay nay <laughs> not adding that in there no and it's like thank you subvert my expectations you think that everything's tropey no I, some of it yes but no <laughs> not all not all we're not all doing it like um the menu like i said it was great that there's no cannibalism in it because i was expecting cannibalism and it was this i was like i was expecting them to be caught at any instant but it was like no it was like them internally and their internal battles not this like external right they really never let this, like, external thing get in the way. Except for at the end when they, like, took down the system. <laughs> Fight the power. Fight the power. <laughs> Uni- we're unionizing, bitch. <laughs> Yippee. So I really enjoyed it. It was a great way to start the year. Yeah. And um, I can't wait to see what the year holds, honestly and truly. Oh my God, I think it'll so be really much. good. I think the year will be... I'll, I'll blink and it'll be the end of the year. And I'll be like, Q&A time. Probably. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, it's, like, crazy because I use this podcast as, like, a way to, like, Mark judge time. time. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, oh, I have four solo Patreon yeah. episodes and four solo normal episodes. Yeah. And then I'm done with the school semester. Right. Crazy. That's fucking Only ridiculous. four? You're, like, not even... Not even, like, I mean, five Patreon. Yeah. But, like, by the time it would be my normal episode yeah. in May, mm-hmm. the school semester's over. Over. So it's just, like... I don't know. It's so fucking weird. No, that's exactly how I feel whenever our birthday episodes come around. It's just, like, another year of doing this. Like, another year of, like, 
oh, here's this fun little fic for our birthday. If I get to yeah, I, I, I read whatever the fuck I want. I read whatever the fuck. I, mean, I, I read Wait the Pooh fan fiction yeah. and had an existential crisis. I don't want to think about it. And that's the episode. That's the one episode I haven't listened back to. Really? Because it really fucked me up. <laughs> I don't even remember what I did for my <laughs> episode. We have our 100th episode this year. That's crazy. I don't even know what we're going to do for that. So many ideas that's have been so, scrapped. Oh my god, that's this year? That's this that, year. That must be at the end of the year, huh? No. It's like, it's towards the end of the year, but it's like yeah. August or September. Jesus. Yeah, it's like, not like in May or in March or anything, uh-huh. but like it's this fucking year. <laughs> like, that's I thought it was crazy that we reached episode 69. It's like, it's already here? Our 69th fucking episode? Oh, I did the Silmarillion episode. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Surprisingly, I think I've gotten some nice comments of people being like, I like listening to Maya ramble about things. So it's like, you're a great time. Thanks. I love doing this with you. No, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. People like the Five Nights at Freddy's episode. It was. Yeah. Yeah. We got messed. We were messy. Oh, yeah. We were messy the the later half of the year. Yeah. Jesus. I but mean, yeah. maybe we'll do more drunk episodes on like the Patreon or something. I maybe. I would assume Perhaps. something like that. Yeah. I know Patreon I th- I really want to talk about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Ah. So, but we'll definitely have some things where it's like let's just get drunk and talk about <laughs> whatever. Whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll get we get I mean, drunk the, again talk I about mean, the Five Nights at Freddy movie. Dude, the Dungeons and Dragons movie comes out in March, right? We'll figure it out. We have oh, nothing. So the thing about the Patreon is we'd never have any plans for the Patreon like we do this main, sh- like the main show. Yeah, but like, that's how we roll. <laughs> that's how I roll. I so, know you get stressed. I know. But I think it, it was a great, I think I, it really just like, um, I think it foretold the year because last year was even worse because I was coming in with like a last minute scrap Spider-Man plan yeah. and the whole year just felt like a last minute scrap together year. <laughs> so you know it'd be like that <laughs> so i'm hoping i have a lot of like i don't know where this year's gonna take us the last two years have been a whirlwind of just like holy fucking shit hopefully i think by either next week or the week after we have really big news correct yeah yeah <laughs> i'm just like talking holy about, fucking yeah. shit yeah um so that we've known about for like a month yeah where it's like ugh. that we can't even begin to understand really yeah truly, honestly how we've managed to get well, here. Yeah, we'll see when we're allowed to talk about that. There's so many things that are just like, I couldn't imagine of ever being able to do before. Just like the amount of podcasts we've been on, the Mashable article that I was with, mm-hmm. a- any of like the TikTok following. It's just like, yeah, we had a TikTok that has reached a million views. Whoa. Yeah. And Whoa. it's just like, that's okay. We have a, a Twitter that's going to be our legacy. A tweet that's going to be Dude, our I- legacy. <laughs> Anytime I get a notification that someone's liked or retweeted uh, something, I'm like, I know, I know exactly which one it is. Yeah, it, that's our legacy. That's it's the movie so going funny. down. It's so Do you know five funny. million people have seen that? Whoa! The impressions on that tweet's five million. Jesus, that's our legacy. That's how we go down in history. <laughs> you know that what? That's fine tweet. by me. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but there have been so many things that I think I just have. I have a lot of hope for this year that it's gonna be. Yeah, I mean. L- Sydney knows what happened right. in my personal life. Last year was single-handedly the best and worst year yeah. of my life. Yeah. Which is just how my life works. Right. So. Highs we, and lows. Yeah. We will we will see. Yeah. This year. But I think just as a whole, I have a lot of hope for this year. And I think I have a lot of work to put in. But I think, I think the last two years have just been so crazy that, like, coming into this year, it's going to be, like, it's probably also going to be crazy, but 
that's fine and I feel better about it. Mm-hmm. And boy oh boy, I'm boy, glad to oh do boy. it with you. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's it'll be fun. It'll be great. We'll we'll see how what the year is like. Thank you for Thank you. Yeah. Literally thank you. And I think it was a great start of the year. Thank I you. Thank you, Catra and Adora, for letting well. my year start off good. <laughs> I'm really excited for all the stuff that I'm going to be talking about this year. I, like, looked at my schedule, and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I think it's going to be a really good year. Oh, so much fun. I have so many so long fanfictions that I have to read that's really just like, okay. But I think they'll be great. I think this will be great. Yeah, I don't have a single thought in my head. You don't have to, because we Thanks. love you just the way you Thank are. Thank you. Yep. I have no idea what I'm reading <laughs> next week. It could be a, it could be literally anything. <laughs> we'll see when we get there. But I think just as a whole, I don't know. I feel like now it's like the 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023 is finally like, okay, I think this is. We're starting to get the hang of it. We're starting to get the hang of it. Yeah. And we're going to do fabulously. Thank you for listening to another episode of Canonically Incorrect. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and Tumblr. You can send us your fanfiction recommendations, or if you're a fanfiction author that would like to be on our show, email us at canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, you can donate a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash canonicallyincorrect. <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon monthly at patreon.com slash canonicallyincorrect. Thank you to our Patreons at Tumnal River and Riley C for your continued support. Donate to AO3! And we'll see you guys next time! Bye! Bye.